This is another message from Glory City Church by Pastor Catherine Renala. For more information, go to glorycitychurch.com.au. That's good. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your help. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your help. Lord, we love you. Hallelujah. I love him because he first loved us. Hallelujah. That's the good news. Wonderful, wonderful Jesus. And we're in awe of what God is doing, his goodness and his kindness. And our God, he is the faithful one, our wonderful Jesus. He is just amazing. He doesn't forget anything. He doesn't forget anything. I remember uh, quite a few years ago, we sowed into another church that was in, a, in big need. And we sowed $10,000. And we really didn't, we weren't, we really, you know, we had it in savings, but we really didn't have it to give, you know. It was just like, well, you've got a desperate need. And we do have some savings. So, okay. And it was a bit of a ah. And it never got repaid. And after a while, we just went, ah. Oh. And we just wrote it off by saying, God, we sow it. We sow it. We just sow it into your kingdom. And then a few years later, we get given 22 acres over in Ipswich. Worth about one point something million, which I think is a hundredfold return. I think that's pretty cool. I keep seeing that over and over again. I um, there was a prophetic word given a few couple of years ago, or I think it's a couple of years ago now, and um, Kent came up to me afterwards. That someone prophesied, God's going to give you gold as a sign about the gold that He's going to reveal. You remember that? Anyway, Kent comes up to me. He pans the gold and he had this little vial of gold the next week. And he says, just as a sign that I want to really affirm that prophetic word, I want to give this to you. I hope I, I'm not meaning to embarrass you, but this is little, just little specks of gold in the bottom of a vial. And it was so precious to me. I was like, oh, that's so lovely. Wow, thank you, God. I kept it beside, I kept it in my purse, actually, for a little while. And a few weeks later, I was in a meeting with Jeff Jansen and I heard the Holy Spirit say, Give it to him. I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, you know, I don't even know if you're supposed to re-gift God. You know, you really? <laughs> but I gave it to him. About two weeks later, Kent didn't know. I'm sorry, Kent. But <laughs> two weeks later, he comes back with another vial twice as full of gold. And uh, I still have that. God hasn't told me to give that away. It's worth, worth a few hundred dollars, you know, this gold. He's actually panned. And I was like, oh, it was just a special sign to me. But I want to encourage you, you're, as you've been giving, praise God, we raised the money for all of the chairs. Hallelujah. <laughs> Go, God. And soon we're going to have lovely chairs. And, and everyone that, every seed that you've sown, he doesn't forget. Even if it takes many years, he doesn't forget. Hallelujah. He's so kind. He's much kinder than we could ever conceive. And uh, so want to just praise God for that, his goodness and his kindness. Hallelujah. Well, I love to talk about the Holy Spirit and 
for the last uh, couple of weeks I've been sharing on this. It was actually prompted, um, interestingly enough, uh, I'm heading overseas next, next week, not next week, I'll be here next Sunday following week, I'm heading overseas to do another interview for Sid Roth based on my new book. And the producer, as he's been reading the book, he wrote me an email saying, and he can because we're now friends, we spent a bit of time in Israel. He wrote and he said, I've got the title for your next book. You ready? And he says, partnering with the Holy Spirit. What do you think? And, I, and my spirit just leapt. I went, whoa, I love to talk about the Holy Spirit. I feel the anointing on that. So I wrote to our publishers, Charisma, and um, I said, what do you think about this? And they wrote back saying, actually, we've already heard that Sid Roth wants a book from you on that. Um, and can we fast track it? Can you get me a table of contents by Monday? So that was what yesterday was. <laughs> and you know what? I think I did it in an hour. It just There's such an anointing on it. Because I believe the Holy Spirit is really wanting to get the message out that he is here to help us. He is here to help us. So this will be part three in a, in a series because I've just been studying this and, and the Holy Spirit is just, um, I really feel the anointing on it. You know, as we talk about the Holy Spirit, we can have confidence to know that he is with us all the time. Hallelujah. We've, we've talked about uh, what it looks like, the Godhead, and what, what that looks like. And Holy Spirit, we talked about how the Holy Spirit helps us to worship in spirit and truth. The Father's seeking worshipers who worship him in spirit and truth. And, you know, often when people come to worship, they struggle with, what do I actually do? Are you singing to the air or a concept? You know, holy, holy, what are you looking at when you worship? What are you singing? Are you getting caught up in the atmosphere? Or what are you singing? You know, I, I asked my daughter, Emily, my middle daughter, um, the other day, what goes on when you worship? Because I want to find out if it's the same for other people as it is for me, you know, because God relates to us all differently. I said, what, what sort of happens when you're singing to God? And she said, well, sometimes it's the words that I'm thinking about just sparks thanksgiving in my heart and it just I just connect with God through the words that I'm singing because it, it sparks thanksgiving and then she said and sometimes I have a vision and that just makes me want to worship him more and love him more and I thought oh good that's that's I'm normal that's that's normal but you see to have nothing to worship like when you have no concept or no direction or no connection is not the desire of the father he sees the sincerity of your heart, and it's beautiful to him. But, you know, he wants to enlighten the eyes of your understanding in the knowledge of him by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit wants to give you supernatural revelation of the Father, and he wants to write on the screen of your imagination. So we talked a little bit about what a sanctified imagination looks like. Don't get nervous. The imagination is something God gave you. It's not a bad thing. God gave it to you. And the devil can ride on it. God can ride on it. You can ride on it. But the Holy Spirit wants to use that just like a projector screen and help you have a connection where you have a direction for your worship. It's not aimless. It's not blind. But it's, it's I was once was blind, but now I see. Seeing not in the natural, blessed are those who have believed and not seen, I understand that, but actually seeing with the eyes of your heart, hallelujah, and having a connection where it's not aimless worship, but it is connecting with a person, the personhood of the, of the Godhead, hallelujah. And you might, you might picture um, the throne room that you've read about in the book of Revelation, you, whatever it is that starts it, but as you keep looking, God wants to show you fresh things that cause your heart to respond. You see, the Spirit, he's looking for, for us to worship in spirit and truth. And so the Holy Spirit reveals truth about Jesus, reveals truth about the Father, so that we can respond. <gasps> and he gives something fresh all the time, which is so beautiful. 
It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to search it out. But we do it by the, by the power of the Holy Spirit who opens up our eyes as we look with an intention to see. I said on Friday that if I said to you all, look, you'd look with an expectation to see something, right? Or if I said, look over there, you'd all turn around and you'd look with an expectation. You'd be saying, what can you see? Where, where is it? And you'd direct your attention expecting to see something. In the same way, when we worship, we need to be expecting to see something. Hallelujah. Intentionally. Ah, there he is. And focusing. That's why I'm, I'm particular about worship. I ask people to, to respect, respect the altar area. While I love you all coming up and I want you to do that. I want you to engage. You need to be respectful of other people's space. Don't just sort of go up to people and interrupt them because they're engaging with God and we need to be, we need to be careful just to let that happen and not interrupt that. You know, I believe the Holy Spirit is looking for us. In these corporate worship times to go deeper and deeper and deeper so he can speak to us. Hallelujah. He can reveal things. I got converted in worship. And I tell you, you never know what's going on. God has spoken things to my heart that have healed me in ways that nobody could have brought healing. He said words to my heart or shown me things that have set me free from fears. That have, and it, it's not a one-off thing. It happens Almost every time I come to worship, he's doing something lovely. He's so kind. Amen? But sometimes people get a little bit confused about the whole um, concept of the Godhead. And who do I speak to? You know, people, I used to think, you know, if I talk to the Father too much, does Jesus get jealous? Or like, I don't know, who do you talk I don't know. And I was a little bit confused. And, you know, I'd know the scriptures that, um, you know, you pray to the Father in Jesus' name, but I really didn't know what to do with the Holy Spirit. Like, how does this all work? We, I, um, I've shared on numerous occasions that beautiful picture that Jacidian Sylvester did for us of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Just in case you haven't seen it, we're going to do it again just quickly. I'm going to ask Pastor Aaron to come. Sharon, you come. Murray, you come. Hallelujah. Here, look at this. Come on up here. I love the way Jacidian did this. I just think it really pictures it. Come here and just hold hands in a circle. That's lovely. Look at this. Ah, 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 ah. Yeah, well, ladies, you can do that. That's nice. But, okay, so we got Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in the Godhead, this is the way he explained it. It was so beautiful. In the Godhead, they are just all connected. And the Father looks at the Holy Spirit. Oh, I love you. And Holy Spirit looks, oh, I love you. Looks at the Son. He goes, oh, I love you. And Son goes, oh, I love you. Look at the Holy Spirit. Oh, I love you. Oh, he's so happy. This is so good. It's just beautiful. It's a picture of family. Yeah? Oh, oh, oh. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And then they say, let us, Genesis 1, make man in our image. So we've got someone else to love. And they go, oh, yes, let's do that. And then, boom, we get created. And we get to be in the middle of all this love. Oh, so lovely. Look at this. And the Bible tells us in John 17, with the same love that the Father has for the Son, He has for me. He has for us. That same, ah, I was like, oh, this is the sweet spot. This is the happy place. Ah, I'm loved. I'm accepted. I'm accepted. I belong. Oh, I'm loved. Oh, beautiful. I'm connected. This is what I was made for. This is who I am. I am in the family. I'm in the inner circle. All right. And then we had the fall. And sin separated us from God. And their hearts were broken. The heart of God was broken. It's like, oh. So, the son says, 
I'll go. And I'll become disconnected. I'll become sin. And you know, when he became sin, he couldn't, he couldn't be connected any longer because what fellowship does light have with darkness? Sin separates us from God. So the son says, I'll go and I'll become sin so they can become righteousness, so they can come back in, so that they can be connected. And Holy Spirit, ooh, you stay connected. You haven't, haven't gone yet. And Holy Spirit says, I'll go when you rise again and I will allow them, I'll help them to remember and understand and experience the reality that they have been reconnected. So the father, so the son comes, they disconnect. Son, you know, in the garden, he's praying, oh God, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. And he wasn't saying that, I think, I believe because he was afraid of being um, beaten up and, and crucified and dying. I believe he, what he, he was so not wanting to do was be disconnected. But the heart of God was that I will do that. I will do that. Not my will, but yours be done. I'll do that for the joy set before me, for the truth that my being disconnected will mean that they can be reconnected. Hallelujah. And I just think that's such a beautiful picture of the, of the, of the Trinity. And said, and then he comes back. We're in the middle. Yay. We're connected as we, I surrender our lives to Christ as we say, yes, Lord, I give you my sin and I receive your righteousness. You're my savior. Thank you, Lord. I'm back in. I'm loved. And Holy Spirit on earth then continually walks with me, talks with me and reminds me, keeps pointing me there and saying, hey, hey, you, you're in you're part of the family. I'm never going to leave you because I'm going to be here to continually, tangibly remind you that you are no longer of this earth. You are seated in heavenly places. I want to remind you that you are with me. You are with us. You are in us. Hallelujah. That's good. Hey, give them a hand. They did very well. In that beautiful sweet spot. Oh. I'm loved, I'm loved, I'm loved, I'm loved, I'm accepted. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. John chapter 14. He says this. Jesus is saying this. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. Jesus is saying, you ask in my name. You, is he saying you can pray to Jesus? So you can talk to Jesus. Scripturally, we can see it here. You're allowed to pray to Jesus. You're allowed to talk to Jesus. And he says, whatever you ask in my name, I'll do. But then in uh, John fifteen sixteen, he says this. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain and that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give you. John 16 verse 23 says, and in that day, you will ask me nothing. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the father in my name, he will give you. And in that day. Oh, and then he goes, until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. These things I've spoken to you in figurative language, but the time is coming when I'll no longer speak to you in figurative language, but I'll tell you plainly about the Father. In that day, you'll ask in my name, and I do not say that I shall pray to the Father for you, for the Father himself loves you because you've loved me and have believed that I came forth from God. I came forth from the Father and have come into the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. So Jesus is saying, hey, whatever you ask Father in my name, he'll do. But I'm not saying that I'm going to pray to the Father for you, but you can ask him in my name and he'll... It's, it's an amazing picture as you begin to look at it from the concept of the Trinity. Like if I send Murray up the back... 
And I, and I, I asked Murray to say, could you go and ask them for something? Could you ask them to whatever, turn the sound down or get, some, get a book or do something? I tell you what, as Murray goes up there, they're going to do what he asks because he's coming in my name. And they know that I have authority in this place, right? In the same way, whenever we ask the Father anything in Jesus' name, it's like Jesus asking. And, that, and Jesus and, and the Father will do whatever you ask. It's a pretty happy thought. So you don't have to beg and go, please, would you consider doing this? We actually come from inside the happy place. Hey, Dad. Because of Jesus. He tells us to ask in the name of Jesus to help us remember the authority that we have, to remember the reality that we have been accepted and reconnected. We don't have to do it religiously. We do it as a way of remembering. That's right. Because of what Jesus has done, I'm not on the outside looking in, trying to get them to do something. I'm not on earth trying to get him to move and intervene in my situation. When I ask in Jesus' name, I am being reminded that I'm already in. I am seated in heavenly places and I have authority. Hallelujah. Woohoo. So we understand that, but where does... The Holy Spirit come into all of that. Well, I believe, um, and it's, it's so beautiful. If you look at John chapter 17, let's go there. Hallelujah. Verse 20. Jesus is praying. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, May they also be in us, in the middle, you know, happy place, in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. That's so beautiful. That I have loved them even as you have loved me and that you have loved them even as, oh, it's just, mm. I want them to experience, this is what he's praying. I want them to really experience what it is to be in the center of our affection. To live not separated from us. To live not as people who are on the outside looking in, but in the middle. You know, when I was at school, they had all these different cliques that have like the people who did maths one and physics, the intelligent people that have the little cliques. I went to a girls' school, so it was really clicky. And, um, and then they'd have the, the clique of like the really sporty people. And they'd have the clique of the really popular people. And then they have the clique of the people who were just kind enough to let anybody else in who wasn't able to get into any of the other cliques. And I was in that one. And, you know, we can grow up with this concept of, I feel rejected, I don't belong. And we can read, when you've got that concept, every rebuff, every little rejection amplifies the reality that I'm, I'm rejected and I have to work hard to get accepted. And it can bring up all sorts of issues like bitterness and jealousy and rage and frustration and striving, trying to be good enough and then having everything make you uh, reinforce the lie that you believe that I'm just rejected. But you know, the beauty of the Holy Spirit is he wants to walk with us and help us remember, even though we are physically on the earth, he is here to remind us of a greater reality, that we are not separated, we are not rejected, but we are accepted in the beloved. Ah, I'm loved, I'm accepted, that intense love that they have for each other. Is the same love they have for me. <laughs> and I'm surrounded by it. And it's in me. And it's on me. And it's all around me. And this is who I am. I'm not the ugly duckling that I thought I was. 
I'm actually a swan. Hallelujah. I believe. I'm accepted. I'm loved. Hallelujah. Remember how the ugly duckling was continually believing that this, this little chick, this little swan chick, was swimming with all the ducks. She got separated from the other swans when she got hatched somehow. And, and she's all the time thinking she's so ugly. And the ducks are saying, you look really different. You're ugly. And feeling rejected until one day she met a swan. And suddenly she realized, oh, I'm one of them. And you know what? That's just a little story picture of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our hearts. That no matter how you've been feeling in the world around you, God wants to show you that actually you're accepted. You belong. You're beautiful. You're the apple of his eye. You're adored. And then when you actually start to believe it, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Instead of looking at people and thinking, well, I'm going to try and be accepted. I don't know why they don't talk to me. I don't know why. Oh, they didn't ask me again. Instead of thinking like that, you're going to be thinking, I'm so loved. I'm so accepted. I wonder how I can love that person today. And instead of looking for rejection, you're going to be looking for opportunities to share this incredible privilege that you have. Hallelujah. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He wants to remind you continually that you are connected in the happy place. Amen. Hallelujah. I think that's better than you're reacting. Ah. You can just sigh with delight. Say la, pause and think about that. So the Holy Spirit's our counselor, our comforter. He's called the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Father, the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the advocate, the counselor, the comforter, the helper. And you know what? He is just as much God. He's not the essence of God or or less than God. He is God, the Spirit of God with me. But he bears witness of the Father and the Son continually to us on earth. He is absolutely obsessed with revealing Jesus and the Father and bearing witness to them because that's the reason he came. He came to continually keep your eyes looking up so that you would know you are part of the family. To remind you, you belong. He puts his arm around you and continually saying, lift up your head. Look up there. See, that's where we go. That's where we come from. That's where you're seated. That's where you belong. Hallelujah. So he bears witness. But we can talk to him. We can thank him. We can acknowledge him. If you need help and he's the helper, it makes sense that you ask the helper for help. In fact, he's jealous to help you. If you have, if you have need for help, the help is sitting there while you're on the couch watching Netflix, trying to drown out the sorrows and not think about things, deal with the stress. I'm just going to watch like a whole series and then the next series and six hours later you wonder, I still feel bad. And the whole time Holy Spirit's been sitting there beside you going, I'm so jealous to help you. I could really give, I've got, I've got such encouragement for you. Would you like me? I wish you'd ask me for help. He's not there angry at you and I'm jealous of you and therefore I'm going to punish you. That's sometimes the picture we can get when we think of Holy Spirit being jealous. It's not, that's not the way it is. He's just there going, I know I can do much better. I know. Oh. And then when finally we do turn to him and things get really bad and we go, okay, help. Help God, help Holy Spirit. He doesn't go, well, now you're asking. And then make it difficult, just so, you know, like we do. He's so gracious. And he's like, oh, I've been looking forward to helping you. I know how to comfort you perfectly. I understand you completely. And I like you utterly. 
and you are adored and loved. And let me comfort you. Let me encourage you. Here's a word of encouragement to you. On Tuesday night, we had the prayer meeting. It was beautiful. It was so sweet, so lovely. And I was on the floor just worshiping and praying. And I had a few things that I was, you know, had happened that week that I was quite stressed about. And as I was on the floor, just looking at the Lord, focusing, not worshipping the air, but concentrating on him and, and looking to him for help, the Lord just showed me a vision. And I saw him, uh, I saw a picture of myself, and I was sitting in this window, in this open window, big open window, looking out at a beautiful garden on a summer's day. And the Lord, the Holy Spirit, came and sat right beside me. And he was so relaxed. He was so at ease. And then he just began to speak to me these promises from scripture that just took away all my fear. I'm like, oh, thank you for reminding me about that. And just boom, boom, boom. Everything I was worried about. He just gave me three scripture verses and just smiled at me. And he was so relaxed. And him being so at ease just put me at ease. And, you know, that's what the fellowship of the Holy Spirit does. Just fellowshipping him with him, you, you begin to receive the peace that he carries. Hallelujah. You know, we're called to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. And um, the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, verse, uh, verse 19, we can start there. Galatians 5 says this, The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, uh, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Hooray. You don't actually desire that stuff anymore. That's good news, hey? You actually have the mind of Christ and the motives of Christ. The desires of Christ live in you. The enemy comes and goes, you want this, you want this. You just got to look to Holy Spirit and say, help me remember where I am and who I am. Oh, that's right. As he is, so am I in this world. I have the mind of Christ. I have no desire for that stuff. I have no need for that stuff because look what I got. Hallelujah. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit is so wanting to fellowship with you, just like he was with me in that vision in the window where I was being put at ease by him being at ease. He wants us to have such an awareness of his presence that all the fruit that he's manifesting, we are, we are seeing modeled by him and it's in us and it's upon us. And because we are in fellowship with him, we manifest it. His peace is our peace. His joy is our joy. His goodness is our goodness. Hallelujah. His kindness is our kindness. His faithfulness is our faithfulness. His gentleness is our gentleness. His self-control is our self-control. So, when you're thinking, I'm trying to manifest the fruits of the Spirit, I'm trying to manifest the fruits of the Spirit, Holy Spirit's going, "Just, just come and sit in the window with me. Just come and sit with me and it will happen because as you abide in me and I abide in you, you'll produce much fruit. It doesn't happen because it's theologically set up to happen. It happens through intimacy. Fruitfulness comes from intimacy. 
And that is what the Holy Spirit is here to do, to have intimate fellowship with us, where he is involved in every aspect of our lives, where he is my best friend. I mean, I have really good relationship with my family. I've got my husband and my beautiful children. I think my daughter Jessica understands me really well. And she knows, she can see what goes on in my emotions and my head. She gets me. She, she gets me. But I tell you what, and, and because, you know, we're living in the same house, we, we get to know each other really well, but there is nobody that is able to really understand every single thing that goes on in this complicated life of mine. I am a complicated person. And the Holy Spirit gets me. He understands me. And he knows how to help me all the time. He's our ever-present help in time of need. And my time of need is all the time. And the more I'm aware that my time of need is all the time, that I look to the one who wants to provide all my needs according to his riches in glory, I'll get help all the time. But if I try and struggle on my own, he'll just come along. I hope she looks at me soon. I hope, oh, hey, look, beautiful sky. Think about me. Remember, I'm here. Flowers, look at them. All of creations declaring his goodness in the hope that you'll turn and look at him. That he will remind you that you've been redeemed. That you don't have to walk alone ever. Hallelujah. Mmm, that's happy. <laughs> magnificent, magnificent Lord. And the Holy Spirit, He actually wants to take us higher, he wants to take us deeper. And it says in Revelation uh, chapter 1, John, I'm going to read it because it's just wonderful, from verse 9. Both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was on the island that's called Patmos for the word of the Lord, word of God, and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, to Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. You know, it says in Isaiah chapter 30, 21, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. He wants to speak to us. He's, he's going to be the voice behind you. He's going to be the voice that want, is, is trying to speak to you, saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it. But John turns to hear this voice behind him. And then look what he sees. As he turned to see the voice that spoke with me, having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the son of man, clothed with a garment down to the feet and girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. So John was in the Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, just fellowshipping with him on the Lord's day. And he was focused, and the Holy Spirit was around him, in him, upon him, revealing the, the Godhead to him. And in that place, he hears the voice of the Holy Spirit. And then he turns and he sees Jesus because, you see, even though they are three in one, three different persons, they are one. He is the spirit of Jesus. He is the spirit of the Father. Hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit, he wants to take you higher and higher. 
a little while later as he's looking and he's, you'd think maybe after the seven letters he'd take a break and say, that was nice, I'll, I'll leave it now. But he didn't. He kept pressing in. He, kept, he was continuing to linger in the presence of the Holy Spirit, in the Spirit, looking. And the Holy Spirit was like, oh, good. And he says, come up here. And whoosh, he was taken up into the throne room of God. And we get to hear what the Lord was saying. And you know, the Holy Spirit is wanting to take you deeper and deeper. You can have as much of God as you want. You can be as close to him and as intimate with him as you want to be. And he doesn't get offended and say, well, they don't really love me because they're not spending much time. But instead, he's just continually drawing you. Just like that prophetic word came forth, he's drawing us by his righteousness. He's continually drawing us to say, hey, I've got more to show you. I want to give you more delight. I want you to really interact with me as a friend that I can show you things to come, that I can share what's on my heart with you. Hallelujah. He's drawing us and he's calling us deeper. He's stirring a hunger in our hearts. Hallelujah. For more of him because he knows deep down what you deeply, really desire. The spirit of God in you is yearning yearning for greater and greater revelation of your home place, of the place where you live. He, he, the Holy Spirit in you is, is crying out your spirit for what your spirit really wants. As we pray in the spirit, you'll notice we, I often get you to sing in the spirit, sing in tongues. If you don't speak in tongues, I'm going to pray for you at the end of the service or you can receive it in your communion group. The Holy Spirit will quicken you with a, a, a supernatural language that will give words and groans and utterances to this deep cry in your heart. For more, for deeper revelation. And he'll intercede through you with the, in the spirit, in tongues. He'll intercede through you, for you, that you might have greater levels of revelation, that the great love of God would be so filling you that you would be filled up to overflowing. Paul prays in Ephesians 3. That the Father would grant that the Holy Spirit would strengthen you in the inside so that you could have revelation in the knowledge of him. Ephesians 1. But so that you can have a revelation of his great love for you. Ephesians 3. That you'd know the height and the depth and the width and the breadth. That you'd be able to handle the love of God beyond what the human body, the human soul can physically handle, emotionally handle. He wants to give you supernatural strength so you can ex experience the love of God beyond what is humanly possible. <sighs> it's a divine invitation. But if you're satisfied with just a little bit, Holy Spirit will keep walking beside you, keep putting his arms around you, keep comforting you when you need it. But he'll continually stir you to say you were created for more. You were created for more. If your mind's worrying about this and thinking about that, he doesn't condemn you. He doesn't get angry at you. He loves you. He's patient with you. But he's looking forward to the day where you start to say, I want to seek you. I want to know you more. I want to experience you in deeper and deeper ways. Yes, we have everything pertaining to life and godliness. But I tell you what, if you were given a whole country you could have it in technicality, but unless you actually got out there and saw it, you wouldn't experience it. In the same way, you've been given the opportunity. You've been given the kingdom and the Holy Spirit. Oh, he's got adventures for you to experience what he has given to you. He's given you all that belongs to him. He's given you authority. He wants you to know the hope of your calling, the value that you are within the family and the greatness of the power that you have because you now have been accepted by the beautiful blood of Jesus. He wants you to experience that wonderful feeling 
of being able to, to ask in his name. You know, if you were given authority, uh, say, say you were at a concert with somebody really famous and you were given a badge that has access to all areas, you'd feel pretty good about just being able to go where other people can't go, right? I think some of you would. Aaron would. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit wants you to actually experience what it's like to have access to the power of God, not in a limited way, but in the fullness. Oh, that's very exciting. What does that feel like? Well, you don't have to try and see the power of God released. Where it's just like, I've already got it. Here we go. Such as I have, give I thee. Not with an arrogance, but with a privileged delight and a glorious Holy Spirit-filled humility that says, <laughs> because of him, I get to share this with you. That the world may know that he has invited us into fellowship with him. Yes, happy news. But it requires us to respond to him. You know, my father has this um, book of poetry. He's given it to me now. He's kept it since he was in high school. He's not yet saved, but he will be one day. If you're watching, I love you. And I adore him, absolutely adore him. But one of his favorite poems, interestingly enough... Is called The Hound of Heaven. And it's about these footsteps that just keep going after him, keep going after him. And it's a description of the Holy Spirit, the Hound of Heaven, who even if you've been walking away from God, even if you don't know him, he is coming after you. He's come with a distinct purpose that you might know that you are invited. If you would, if you would only respond, if you would only receive the gift of salvation, the gift of redemption, and he will relentlessly pursue you while there is hope in your, in your breath, in your body, he will pursue you until you come to the place where you say, yes, Lord. I need you as my Lord. I want to surrender my life and receive your life. I want to be accepted. I want to know what it is to live as I was created to live. Not feeling like I'm on the outside looking in, but accepted, loved, full of glorious grace and power, given a brand new nature. You know, when we were separated from God... Everyone that was born then of Adam's seed was, had a corrupted nature because of sin. But when Jesus came, he was the last Adam. And out of his side, just as Adam was put to sleep and Eve was brought out of his side, Jesus Christ was put to death. His side was split open. And because of his death and his blood, the bride comes forth. We get to be born again of an incorruptible nature. If we receive him as savior, we get a brand new nature, a brand new nature, which means you now by faith have the motives of Christ, the nature of Christ. If you're not manifesting it, you simply have to look at him and let the Holy Spirit remind you, hey, look at me. This is who you are. I am modeling to you what the Godhead looks like. I'm revealing the truth of who I am so that you can know who you are. Because as I am, so are you in the earth. He is there to help you. He doesn't expect you to measure up because you should. He expects that in fellowship with him, it will be simply you reflecting what you're beholding. So today, if you're here and you know in your heart, you haven't surrendered to the Lord. The Holy Spirit's here and he wants you to connect. He wants to help you. And he's looking for you to come to the place where you say, Lord, I want to surrender my sin so I can receive your forgiveness. I can receive your mercy. If you today say, I know in my heart, I need to respond to the mercy of God. I want to become a new creation. Would you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you before we go any further. 
So anybody here that says, yes, that's me. I want to respond to the mercy of Christ. I want to be born again. I want to be born again into the family of God. I see your hand. It's beautiful. I see your hand. That's beautiful. Anybody else that says, yes, that's me. Yes, I see your hand. That's so precious. Anybody else that says, yes, that's me. Hallelujah. Anybody else? This is such a precious thing to do. But you see, without your free will, it doesn't happen because it's true love. And true love is free. He doesn't force you. But he goes after you. Yeah, I see your beautiful hand. Would you come? They're beautiful. Look at them. They're so beautiful. Would you just pray, all of us? Let's pray pray this after me, okay? Father God, thank you for sending Jesus to be crucified and die for me. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. And right now, I declare that he has paid the price for all of my sin. Father, I give you my life. Take my past. Take my life. I receive your life, your forgiveness, your grace, your nature. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to know and experience every day that I'm accepted, that I am loved. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hooray. Hooray. So beautiful. Hooray. Now, would you reach your hands out to them right now? Remember how we pray in this house? I want you to pray. I want you to think about their coming week. They're tonight, they're tomorrow, they're whole week. And I want you to really just go into a couple of minutes of intercession for them. That this week they would really experience, experience what it is to be accepted. Can you pray for them? Come on, lift your voices. Father, thank you. <laughs> Let it deeply know and experience what it means to be your child. Lord, let her experience it. Holy Spirit, come. Whoa. <laughs> I thank you that you receive her, that she's accepted, that she's loved, transformed by the power of your spirit right now. <laughs> In Jesus' holy name, never the same again. Accepted, loved, filled with your spirit, free indeed, loved, 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 accepted. <laughs> Lord, help them to connect with you, Jesus. Shabarose. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Hey, well, will you go with Isaac here? And uh, he just wants to take your, take your name. You want to go with them? That'll be lovely. You can go with them. That's beautiful. Isn't that lovely? Give him a hand. <laughs> Woohoo!